Al Jazeera Podcasts. Today, Pakistan is preparing for general elections. So why is its most popular politician not on the ballot? Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been banned from standing in elections next week, but still has significant public support. Elections are interesting when there's competition. That's what motivates voters. But that doesn't really seem to be the case right now. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. Benazir Shah is a journalist for Pakistan's Geo Television. And lately, she's been pretty busy. Late nights, long deadlines, during an election season that's been jam-packed with news. And that's included the disqualification and sentencing of Imran Khan, Pakistan's former prime minister. This sort of a trend of disqualifying and removing from the ballot prominent politician is not something new in Pakistan. We saw it in 2018 election as well, when the former prime minister Nawaz Sharif was disqualified and jailed uh, around two weeks before the elections. And uh, something similar is happening this time as well. We're getting one conviction after another just before the election to make sure that Imran Khan does not contest the elections, is not on the ballot. And in my opinion, it is also an attempt and a message that is being sent by the establishment in Pakistan, the military establishment, to PTI's voters and supporters to not bother even coming out on the day of the elections. The PTI she's talking about is Pakistan Tariqi Ansaf, Imran Khan's party. We'll hear more from Benazir in a bit. But first, we wanted to learn more about why Imran Khan is not on the ballot. So we turned to someone who's covered the former prime minister for years now. The last time I sat down with Imran Khan was a few weeks before he was imprisoned. That's Al Jazeera correspondent Osama bin Javed. He's been covering Pakistan for the last two decades. And that's included several meetings with Imran Khan, like this one back in August. They're trying to um, basically kill democracy because, you know, by killing the biggest or trying to uh, crush the biggest party in the country, uh, the only federal party in the country, they're, they're actually dismantling democracy. So, Osama, you are in Doha now, but you were just recently in Pakistan. What? left the biggest impression on you ahead of the election? The biggest impression that I got was how muted and subdued it was. It was about two weeks ahead of the elections. I didn't see any of the usual electioneering that you associate with it, although it has changed now, I'm being told. But while I was there, uh, it felt very quiet and did not have the energy that you usually have in major cities in Pakistan. Why do you think that is? Well, there are a number of reasons. Uh, the, the biggest being the Pakistan Tehreek Insaf, the most popular political party, is dismantled from power. Uh, there is a lot of anger and resentment in its followers. There's a feeling that the elections are a done deal. Mm. Everyone kind of knows that there is going to be a hung parliament and a coalition government. So it appears that people might have already made up their minds. One of the headlines for the past few days now is the PTI and the fact that the 
head of it, the former Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan, was recently handed three separate prison sentences. Now he's been handed a 10-year prison sentence under the Official Secrets Act. Imran Khan and his wife Bushra Khan were sentenced to seven years in prison. Former Pakistani Prime Minister Imran Khan and his wife have been sentenced to 14 years in prison for corruption related to the sale of state gifts. Now the trials were short, the sentences were given very swiftly, and of course they came just days before the election. So one of the last times we had you on the podcast, you gave us a pretty detailed picture of who Imran Khan is. Can you remind us what we need to know about him? He's a cricketer turned politician, undoubtedly one of the most popular leaders in Pakistan. Uh, he has uh, shot to fame uh, by putting himself as the newcomer in Pakistani politics, somebody who was against dynastic politics, somebody who promised change to Pakistan. Uh, but in the last few years, since 2018, when he came to power, he failed to deliver on many of those promises. And he did bring with him all of that dynastic politics. He did not bring his own kin, uh, but almost everyone around him uh, had uh, that flavor of dynastic politics, which he said he was against. And the other thing is the powerful Pakistani military, uh, which Imran Khan was favored by, was backed by. That's a fact that is known in Pakistan and has been admitted by various political and uh, leaders of the Pakistani military who are no longer part of it. So we know that Khan has been in jail since last year, and he's been barred from this week's elections. The PTI, his party, has called his trials a sham. But they are still running without their party symbol. And for many of them, they're running as independents. This sounds like, altogether, quite a crackdown on Khan and his party. Who's being accused of orchestrating this? Is it the military? But that's what the word on the street is, that it is the Pakistani military and its uh, establishment entrenched into the political system, which has been able to push people. If you look at how Imran Khan was dismantled and his party was dismantled from power, there were people who were picked up by various security agencies and then they will come back and they will do a press conference and they will describe how terrible Imran Khan was and how they're no longer going to take part in politics and they would be set free. Hmm. And that has all the hallmarks of a pressure tactic that is being employed by various powerful institutions in Pakistan. But it does seem a ridiculous thing to not let the political party have its election symbol. Briefly on the election symbols, because to your average person, that may not seem like such a big deal. And the PTI's election symbol is a cricket bat. His party, the PTI, had their electoral symbol of a cricket bat removed, meaning all candidates are now running as independents. Why does it matter and will it hurt the party that they've lost their ability to use their election symbol? I think it speaks volumes of the judicial system in Pakistan as well, that uh, a political party has been stripped of its election symbol at the behest of whether it's the Election Commission of Pakistan or the Supreme Court of Pakistan. It appears uh, that this is being done as political vendetta, as his party is alleging. They have alleged there is a campaign of intimidation, abduction and harassment against them. The authorities have denied it. 
the court says that his he was given a fair chance and they were not able to prove that they've gone through the democratic process of holding their party at the highest level of accountability uh, and democratic process by and large it's not going to have a, a tremendous impact on the voting pattern of how people vote it is a double edged sword that it, it can go two ways it could either completely dishearten the PTI support base and say look our symbol is not even there and we shouldn't turn out to vote or it could mobilize PTI support base and say look they're they're taking away everything they've put our leader behind bars they've taken away our symbol we need to go out and vote in droves and that is what is going to be decided on election day in pakistan after the break Pakistan has never had a prime minister finish a term in office. Could this time be different? Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day with the Al Jazeera news updates. Just ask your home device to play the news by Al Jazeera or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Osama, let's talk about who is on the ballot. Few of the names will be unfamiliar to Pakistani voters. And the undercurrent to these names, some who have been in office before, is that no Pakistani prime minister has completed a full term in office. So run us quickly through the major political parties and their candidates. Who might buck that trend? You've got... Uh... Pakistan Tariq Insaf, obviously, uh, which was the incumbent party and has a lot of leaders uh, still contesting as independents, some as Pakistan Tariq Insaf as well. Then you've got the Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz, Nawaz Sharif's party, the three-time Prime Minister of Pakistan, three times unable to complete his term. Former Prime Minister Nawaz Sharif was previously convicted of corruption charges, is back and has been given relief from all previous convictions. Nawaz Sharif uh, does enjoy a lot of support in Pakistan's largest province in terms of numbers. Uh, Punjab, uh, where his support base is riled up. He's trying to go and reconnect with his base, uh, telling them that he, while he was the prime minister three times, it was prosperity and economic progress. And trying to tell people that it is going to be him who is going to be the one to take Pakistan and his party out of the the economic crisis and multiple challenges that it faces the other big contender is the pakistan people's party this is the party of if you remember benazir bhutto who was assassinated in pakistan and was then taken over by her husband the co-chairman asif ali zardari the party is now being led by bilawal bhutto zardari who served as pakistan's youngest foreign minister last time around he is going to his support base and saying look uh, i i am the newcomer uh, these old people have let you down i am i am from the youth and i'm going to be coming in with a new impetus and new ideas and vote for me so i can take pakistan out of these crises so nawaz sharif is widely expected to win this election and become prime minister for a record fourth term we will not allow fraudsters to rule Pakistan again. They have ruined Pakistan. We will build Pakistan again, God willing. We will reconstruct this country again. 
you said, three times unable to complete his full term as prime minister. What makes someone try again and think that this time will be different? Well, I think that is a question that only Nawaz Sharif can answer for you. Uh, what goes in his head to become a fourth-time prime minister might be beyond many of uh, many of us. But essentially, it is not a done deal. Even now, there are differences between the Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz and there seems to be resentment amongst a lot of military establishment about having Nawaz Sharif on as a fourth-time prime minister. Mm. It is going to be a very interesting election in Pakistan because either the turnout is going to be very low as people are disheartened, or if Pakistanis really want to change things up and throw the, the plans that have been made by various political centers and turn up in huge numbers, then it's anybody's game. While there might be a great deal of apathy for this election, there are still a record number of people registered to vote. Here's Benazir Shah the journalist from GOTV, breaking down those numbers. We, for the first time in Pakistan, have had a voter registration, which is more than 50% of our population, which is around 53% right now. We've never had voters who are 50% of our population. And a lot of women have registered this time to vote as well. The young voters, which is your age category, 18 to 35 years, they're about 45% of your voters. Now, historically, these voters usually don't come out to vote. But if in this elections, if they're motivated enough, if they feel like their political party and PTI is, um, is being suppressed, is being persecuted, and if they come out in large numbers, I think they can really make it very difficult for the state to ensure the outcome that they want. So it, it's an interesting election. I'm hopeful that the Pakistani population and the voters decide that enough is enough. They've seen these political parties being targeted and they want to come out and they want to vote and they still believe in a democratic system. Osama says that the people he spoke to in Pakistan across the political spectrum agree. They want to see people come out and vote and make their own political preferences known. There's a lot of calculation that is being made by uh, various political pundits, political parties, the military establishment, on how this election is going to turn out. And I've been talking to political parties who have a smaller footprint. I've been talking to uh, people who are candidates uh, based on their agenda for the environment. I've been talking to some religious parties. I spoke to somebody who belongs to the far left. And they're saying that what we would like people to do is just turn out and vote. Pakistan's voter has been told that there is a predestined formula for them, which is either made in the power circles of Islamabad, whether they're political or military, and they just have to, you know, bide their time and go with it. And the only way that Pakistanis are going to come out of these cycles of the same people and the same problems and the same back and forth uh, day after the election is if they turn out in numbers and they actually go ahead and cast their ballot and that could really upend everybody's game if the percentage of people turning out turns out to be much higher than what it has been in the previous elections. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Faranisa Kampana and David Enders with Chloe Kaylee, Ashish Malhotra, Sariyat Khalili, Nagin Oliayi, Miranda Lynn, Khalid Sultan, Amy Walters, Sonia Bagat, Zainab Bezer, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. 
Alexandra Locke is the Takes executive producer, and Nate Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.